You gotta explain or I'll be insane. Dome, dome, dome. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. 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 How you doing? Me? Is this the show? Yeah, how you doing? Yeah, I need some kind of a signal, some kind of an audible signal to let me know that this is now the show. How about when you, you hear the sound of your own voice talking, it's the show? <laughs> well, that's a pretty broad heuristic, Dan Benjamin. It's a sound that I hear quite a lot. And, you know, as people are all too aware, it's, it's <clears throat> something most others can hear too. Yeah. How you doing? Hmm? Me? Uh, you know, I'm good. Good week well, for you so far. Well, Big week for you. Huge week. Huge week. Uh, a lot just, of new stuff. Oh my goodness! You kidding me? I've had uh, Monday stuff. Now it's two. Today's yeah Tuesday. Seventy-two point five degrees Tuesday. It's hot here, Danny. <laughs> yeah. Is it hot? What like seventy-two degrees warm? That's in, that's in my private office. That's that's a whole different thing. I had to close my window because of the noise. Yeah. You should hear what it's like when the when when the windows open. What does it do? You know, you know. Sometimes I don't know if you ever noticed this. Sometimes if you listen extremely carefully with like really good headphones. You can just barely make out the sound of a streetcar going by outside. Mm. You probably haven't noticed it because I know you don't have nice headphones. But um, if you listen, okay, uh, you can sometimes hear that. And uh, actually, last Roderick on the line, I accidentally left my window open. And it sounds like I'm on the sidewalk. As people would expect. <laughs> I'm a veteran. Homeless. I'm a veteran. <laughs> They're getting more aggressive here. Way more Aggressive? Aggressive. Aggressive, aggressive. There's an article in the paper about it. Mm-hmm. They. No. You mean the, 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 the homeless folks or bum, bums, as Marco would say. <laughs> I think there's a big difference. I think there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference. There's an article about this. It's true. Let's not get into it. No, things are, things are doing, uh, I'm, I'm doing swell. It's Tuesday. Um, what time did I get up? I'm still running that uh, that application when I sleep, so it tells me when I wake up. It tells me what time I do things. Do you ever roll over on it? Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I think it might be doing things to my brain a little bit, but this is nothing I can't live with. Let me just check here. Okay, I went to bed at twenty two twenty nine and got up at five twelve. So I uh, let's see. I read comics, went to bed at ten thirty, got up at twelve minutes after five. I had seventy four percent sleep quality. My time in bed was six hours and forty two minutes. My average time in bed. Mm. In the last 15 days is uh, 7 hours, 17 minutes. Wow. Total time in bed, 4.6 days. But and the, well, that's a real kick in the pants when you hear it like that. You know your whole thing about how you don't like to sleep? Yeah. Well, it's not that I don't like it. It's just it seems like a monumental waste of time. It's like pooping. Like, you, it's something yeah. you'd like to have as an option, but you, you don't want to have to rely on it. Yeah. No. Hmm. No, I wouldn't do that either if I had the choice. You wouldn't do that either? No. We can't talk about bathrooms anymore. No. I think people were a little concerned. A lot, if by a little you mean a lot, then yes. What was their problem? If I could ask, I don't want to get into the whole thing here. Go ahead, caller. Okay, thank you. First time, like I say, poop. Like I say, poop. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to try to stop cursing too. I didn't tell you that, but I'm going to try to stop cursing. Just in general, general life or on the shows? No, no, in general. It's not, considering that I just said uh, G GD on uh, Twitter a few minutes ago, I think it's not, going, it's not going well. Yeah. Off to a poor start. Piss poor start. <laughs> oh, dear. Mm -hmm. I'm off to... <laughs> Remember that? Who says that? Doc. Doc says that. Yeah, Doc says that. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Um, Cheech Marin. He's in too many things, Cheech Marin. Did you capture that? Um, I... Uh, what was I talking about? My sleep? My uh, cursing? And uh, what was the other thing? I'm going to stop doing pooping. 
Uh, oh, yeah. So the bathroom talk. So, so if you could say, um, I read all the email from people, but I want to know what you think. What is the specific, is it, is specific <laughs> nature of the concern? Is it, is it that, that we can't stop talking about it? Or is it that we can't stop worrying about it? Or is it that we are genuinely deranged and have to think about these aspects of our life? In such <clears> a, do yeah, you have a sense of that? It's the latter, for sure. It's that people think that, like, at first it was interesting, and then now they're worried. They're they're tr- they're they're concerned about us. This is as as a listener. As a listener, they're genuinely concerned about about us. Yeah, Dan, I read all the email, but I want to know what you think. <laughs> Do you have a sense in general of the eighty diggity seven seven? I think this is eighty seven. Could this that be eight seven? Eight seven. Eight seven. Yeah, 80, well, so eighty five. It, it feels. Does it feel like an eighty seven? It feels like a Tuesday. It feels like an eighty seven. Um, would you tell people before I come back to this uh, this uh, uh, dependent clause. Would you please tell people where to find show notes for this program? Uh, they can go to five by five TV slash B as in boy two as in the number W as in women and uh, slash 87 because it's the 87th episode. Mm-hmm. And they can get any of the notes, any of the things we're talking about here. They can go right, right there and you've it's curated all, right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Somebody sent me a picture of their uh, X-Men tattoo and I approved of it. It's officially the sixth tattoo I like. So it makes six. Um, do you have a sense? I, I read all the email, but I want to know what you think. Do you have a sense over the 87 episodes? Which one are you? Nothing. Okay. Um, are, uh, in general, are there things in general? Are there trends? Are there patterns? Are there, are there uh, chart boy-like patterns I need to know about? Of the things that people worry about with they us. call those trends. They call it they call it a trend. You got like one thing, what, you get data point, what's you trending? Got two, you got a line. What's trending? Hey, you know what? Let, let's what's going on in your neck of the woods? What is are there things that people always worry about with us? Are there things where they run hot and cold? They're worried about the book. I think this is the well, yeah. They're worried about the well, they're not worried about the book. They're confused yeah. and frightened about the book. Yeah, join the club. What do you what else? What are the other some, some of the other trends? Is this something that Chart Boy could even help us with? Hmm. I, I think he's got his hands t- full. Did I send you that curve of the t-shirt orders? I ran some numbers on the uh, t-shirt orders. I'll, I'll, I'll oh, that reminds me. I got to write that amount of check. Oh, for the, uh, mm-hmm. the printing costs? Yeah, big one. Yeah, We still haven't gotten paid for that, have we? They haven't gotten paid. Which one are we? We're the, fir- the middle one. Okay. Hmm. But there, there are probably things they worry about a lot. Like, why do we need to talk this much about such elementary things? Must certainly be something people are concerned about. Well, people seem to be concerned about the bathroom thing more than I haven't really heard concern until the until the bathroom <laughs> episode. Now, now listen, I don't I don't want to bust a chart boy on you here, but in terms of your data vis-a-vis Nokia, is it possible that that's because, as you say in in your low key way, that <laughs> low key? is it accurate? Is it in your low key way? Don't do this to me! Don't do this to me! You know you're this close to getting comic talk, and I'm just holding it back. I know. Um. You said, I believe, on in public. I know you said this to me in, on, on a private that that was the most downloaded episode of our show ever. Is that um, accurate? The, it's hard to tell. It's hard it, to tell. The one before it, and then that that one. Those are in the well. The the one right before it, where we were talking about our uh, own That's, personal OCD issues and the Howard Hughes. That was that was the most downloaded one. And then the After Dark that followed was the most downloaded After Dark in the history of Five by Five. This is more than episode seven on quarter life crisis. This is more than episode five on sugar bites. This is more than a brick building full of lies. It more than, more than the classic episodes, more than the kid is great. 
you're telling me that us talking about how, how we worry about bathrooms and count fours trumps it all. Yeah, so far, for the record of this show. How's that stack up against ones where we mostly talk about markdown? Those are sense. lower. Those have less of less downloads, fewer. Okay. Is it less yeah. or fewer? Uh, it's uh, less of uh, one thing and fewer of multiple things. And so when they say less than 15 items, I'm so angry. You know, you got to bring your own bags now. It's October 1st in San Francisco. You oh, that's back. it. That was the deadline. We're going to get that here soon. Yeah. I don't care. So I got one more thing now to discuss with people in line at Safeway. Mm-hmm. Safeway. Oh my God, Safeway, Dan. Do you remember when that time I was in San Francisco and, uh, it, you know, I hadn't, I, there were so many great restaurants around and everything. Right. And I said to the guy, I'm like, where should we go to lunch? Well, I'm just going to yeah. go get a sub from, uh, from Safeway. Uh, uh, you want to come uh, with or what? I'm like, we're in San Francisco, dude. Let's eat something good. Well, uh, subs are pretty good now. That's the mentality, Dan. And that was in or close to the dot-com era, right? You were over there on Townsend, too? Yeah, over on, on second. It was on second. But you were over in Multimedia Gulch, as they say. You were over in the midst, and this is in the early 2000s? No, this was, this was just a few years ago. Oh, four, really? Four years ago. Dan, I feel like I don't even know you. I know. I don't know you either. Hmm. You know, we've never met. Well, that's what they say. But you're like, you're like Wolverine. You're little, exactly. but you're handsome. Yeah, you're exactly. You're so handsome. I know. I think we may have landed on a Halloween costume, by the way. We Land, is that a euphemism or? Mm-hmm. Yes. I think we might have landed on it. I'm, we'll see how it goes because it changes about twice a day. It was going to be Scary Spider, but I think, I think we may have uh, landed on it as of last night. She's Wolverine. I'm psych. Uh, my wife is... Uh, You're going to do the cannonball thing? Green Phoenix. Oh, do a, uh, do a uh, fastball special? Yeah, fastball special. That's right. Uh, I just read one the other day where they did it in reverse. Or Wolverine. Uh, a reverse fastball reverse special. Reverse fastball special. Yeah, Bill Lee pioneered that. They call him the Spaceman. Now, was Spaceman, now was Bill Lee the guy that took the acid during the game? Is that who I'm thinking of? Who's the guy that took acid and threw a perfect game? Is that Steve, Steve Garvey? Steve Harvey? Is that like doping? Who's the guy that makes the movies with Medea? Is that Steve? No, that's right. I think you're thinking of Russell Crowe. Okay, all right. And he's, he's the guy who had the beautiful mind. Yeah, sort of Damocles. Was he not in 300 with the guy from The Wire? Who am I thinking of? That was the same guy. Okay, and that guy made, this guy's not David Fincher. Who made, uh, who made that? He, he made that other movie I like. I think you're thinking of Seven. Oh, you know, I watched it the other day. I watched it the other day. Can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. First of all, Fight Club sucks. But here's the other thing. No. Yeah. Here's the other thing. Um, it's still really, really good. Seven. It's, it, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. No, I it watched it. I, yeah, I watched it. And it was really, really good. I mean, gosh, Brad Pitt and um, Gwynny, our, I call her Gwynny, are so young. She's still cute and has freckles. Doesn't know how good she is yet. It's so good. Same with him. Boy, he's terrific. What's in the box? It's so good. <laughs> Don't give it great. away. You know... Um, Don't give it away. Do you know what... Did you know Kevin Spacey was, uh, was my lady's uh, movie uh, boyfriend for a while? She, she, likes, she likes guys with receding hairlines, for what it's worth. Your, uh, your special lady or your, my your very, lady friend? My, my very special lady friend. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's before she got the newsletter. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And then for a while, she liked that guy on the show with the uh, the dead kids, uh, with the with the lady uh, with the tight shirts, uh, S- SUV. What is it called? I don't know. On order SUV. I want to watch it. Yes, yes. I found the new X Men uh, from Japan. There's a new Japanese uh, cartoon of the X Men, and everybody's boobs are ridiculously large. They look like wow, not large even... boobs in Japan. You got to be kidding me. Yes, yes, and they have very slender waists. It's weird, and the the guy's hair uh, is all very entropic. So I don't know what Cyclops is doing. Anyway, um, 
So I'm trying to curse less. And uh, I'm sorry that people worry about us. I, no, I'm not sorry. That's not accurate. I, I'm, I worry that people worry about us. I don't want them to worry about us. I want them to enjoy this. I want them to enjoy this. Well, I think they enjoy it, but I think that for them, they were, you know, they were taking it, they were taking the, the distance, the whole distance. Yeah. And it's not always necessary to worry. My biggest concern, if I ever become a public persona, is that pe- people will not know when I'm kidding about things. That's my concern. Nah, you don't worry about that. That won't happen. Won't happen. With Which you? Part? It's not going to happen with you. Neither one. No. I'm good no, to go. No, I mean, I mean, I'm talking about if you become, if you become somebody. Yeah. If you ever become somebody. Sometimes I'm earnest and people can't tell. Yeah. Suckers. It is important to be earnest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 I'm Lady Windermere's biggest fan. <laughs> well, yeah. could you write that down? Because that's the fourth stupidest joke I've ever made in my I'm life. I'm write it down. Lady Windermere's biggest fan. Lady... What's it called? A Burberry? A Bunbury? What do you get? You need a friend, a fake friend in town, right? It's a Bunbury. 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 Everyone needs. <laughs> Everybody needs a Bunbury. <laughs> that guy's funny. Yeah. I, uh, I used to have this, one, this idea of hell, though, of like, you know, like a New Yorker cartoon of a desert island. Like two guys on a desert island. Mm-hmm. One of them is like a standard guy with a long beard. And the other one is a perfectly coiffed and velvety Oscar Wilde. <laughs> and, and you just want to you just want A candy, him. if you will. Yes, a dandy, if you will, but he could box. Don't get it. He could box. He was ready to, he was ready to give uh, the Marcus of Queensbury a pack of fives for the spelling error. Okay. And then his son's knee. But, um, but the idea would be there'd be a desert island and it would be a guy who's stuck there with Oscar Wilde for like 10 years. And you'd just be like, can you give it a rest? Oh, the only thing worse than giving it a rest is not shut up. You'd just be like, enough, enough. You're so clever. Now, how about you go gather some coconuts? I have nothing to declare but my coconuts. Wasn't Oscar Wilde the guy who painted that photo and instead of him getting older, the photo got older and got all scarred up and stuff when he'd do bad things? Yeah, it was called a daguerreotype. It's one of the small guns you carry in your sock or stocking. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's the one. I think a lot of people misunderstand that analogy, Dan. Is it an analogy or a metaphor? Who am I thinking of? Is it a picture of Jean Grey? What is is the name of that? I always forget. Dorian. Is that that singer from the uh, Gorillaz Band? Um, so here's the thing. Um, we have a something on the table this week that we can discuss. We could just. Oh, I'm sorry. Did, did, am I am I closing any threads too quickly? I don't want to get to the show too quickly. We're only at minute fifteen, so we should be careful about that. But no, we had we, we, we had a nominal um, topic for this week, and I, I would like to I would like to prod your interest in having discussion of that topic this week because I I'm, I can go either way on it. No, let's see. I mean, let's hear it. Just do it. Come on. It's called continuity, Dan. Look it up. All right, hang on. Wait. Wikipedia. Continuity. Do you mean continuity? The opposing concept to directness, discreteness. Law of continuity. Continuity how'd, function. How'd you do? Huh? How'd you do? Oh, there's a lot of definitions here. Yeah, it's probably number two. Mm. I, uh, 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 you know, the thing is, and I've gotten notes on this. I've gotten notes on this here. I've definitely gotten notes on the other program that uh, it's hard to follow. A lot of people say it's hard to follow. Which one? The, the Roderick one? Yes. 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 I'm not going to say who sent it because you, you'll get all mad and do it in that voice. But uh, we've got <laughs> numerous notes from, from a friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who, who says, who says that Jason we, Snell, because I want to do that voice. 
Yeah, we got some notes from Jason Snow and how Roderick on the line is. I, I, I am listening to Roderick on the line, and I found that I was confused during several segments. Let me list them for you, item by item. <laughs> no, the note was more like this. You got to explain or I'll be insane. Dome, dome, dome. That's my John Flansburg impersonation. That was good. But it's hard to follow and continuity. Now, here's the thing. You watch one of those stupid reality shows that come back from a commercial and they go... You know, we're in the kitchen with the lady with nine children, and she's going to get the Coca-Cola Target gift certificate if she can find a way to get out of the air balloon in time. Brought to you by John's Dirigibles. I can't watch that stuff. You know, I Volvo makes construction stuff. equipment. Did you know that? Who, who, who? Volvo? Volvo. Volvo. Construction equipment. And they're one of those, uh, one of those uh, Norwegian companies over in Sweden, right? Yeah, Lonely Swedish. Lonely Swedish. Huh. Sweeting, they call it. Now, your car's from Bavaria. Is that correct? Um, yeah, that's, yeah, sure. Did you get the S series or the <clears throat> P series? What series did you get? Did you get an X, uh, XR series? I got the, uh, the entry level, the A4. It's an A4. Mm-hmm. A4. You, you, wait, 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 was that an Audi? Mm-hmm. I thought you were getting a uh, BMW. No. Oh God, I like you so much more. This is awesome. <gasps> Audis are nice. I had a BMW. Uh, I would never, never get another one. Well, never, they, I they, never they say never, but. They, they screen you at the dealership for those. Yeah, I, I I had one of those and it was a nice car, but the Audi's way better. Sorry, Marco. Yeah, no, no, Audi's a nice car. Oh, that's a nice car. Now, did you get one of those ones that uh, that uh, that looks like an ibuprofen? What'd you get? What was <laughs> what series did you I get? It's the A4. I said. Is it the green one that he linked to? That, I don't know. That, that no, that's all nonsense. I don't know what that was. Hmm. Does it have a stereo? Yeah, it does, and it has uh, the, the Bluetooth connection right to the. Uh, it's got built-in Bluetooth. Bluetooth, right to the Bluetooth phone. On board. Right to the phone. Ah! I can talk on the phone in the car. A big piece of plastic under our steering column fell off, and now there's a bunch of wires. It looks like C3PO. <laughs> Leave them exposed. It's the only way to yeah. do it. We got a Jetta. We got a Volkswagen Jetta. It's a finally like a GTI. Is it a TDI? What is it? No, no, no. We have like the uh, you know you got like the extended release and the immediate release. We've got like the we've got the <laughs> SX. I think we've got the like it sucks. I the had action, a Jetta. Like, Oh really? Yeah, it's good. Good for you. Did you good have car it in the, you. in the '90s and the late '90s? Uh, late '90s, yeah, late '90s. Yeah. Turns out, everybody who had a job in web design or development had to own a black Jetta. <laughs> no, it was a black Jetta. Yeah, sport yeah. package. Sport. I was copying Jason. Very Cockies. sporty sport package. Our sport package is somebody for some reason took all of our hubcaps about about a year ago, and we have no idea why. They're all scratched because you know you got to parallel park a lot. I think it was malicious. I think it was malice, Dan. I think it was it was malice of foresight. Uh, cum, uh, Jetta. <laughs> so I had this bee in my bonnet, something I'm very interested in, uh, which is, it's related to education, but it's kind of orthogonally related to education. There was a great article, uh, in the New York times. Um, I, I can't believe it's been a year now, September of last year written by, <laughs> I always get this guy's name wrong. It's so embarrassing. I think his name is tough. Can you believe that? Not tough T, just tough. Can you imagine having a name tough? Wouldn't that be kind of cool? I bet people want to fight you a lot when you got a name like that. What do you think? Tough D. Paul Tuff is this guy. Um, do you want to talk about this this week or should we wait another week? Do you want, do you want Con- time to bone up? Do you want continuity. to bone up? I don't know. Oh, you're talking about ed- the education thing? You want to bone up? We have time to bone up. Could you, could you read a little bit? Yeah, I'll read it. I'll read it. I'll read I don't want to disappoint people because we said we'd do it this week. But, but I think, first of all, this gives our listeners a little more time. I've got tons of links in... Well, I'll add even more, but there's lots of links and show notes. But the long and short of it is, uh, spoiler alert, um, I want to talk about the notion of grit. And so, true grit. Uh, 
True grit, absolute grit. Um, this guy, um, Paul Tuff, T O U G H, not Tufty. Paul Tuff has a new book called uh, How Children Succeed. Um, and there's been a couple articles, things he's done in the New York Times. And, uh, and in particular, if you enjoy podcasts, you know, like regular podcasts, uh, I will point you also to a, a two weeks ago episode of This American Life about these very issues of um, it takes more than IQ. It also takes grit and tenacity and how they even have uh, people, even uh, this guy Heckman, who's this economist um, that's referenced a lot in this stuff, the guy who's pulled a lot of this thread together. You know, there's even hard, it's even hard to come up with a word or series of words for what it is besides being smart that helps people to succeed in school and otherwise. Um, and I think it's, I think it's an interesting topic. I think we should talk about it next week. Okay. Uh, but to give you a flavor, I mean, one of the things that, that led this guy as an economist that led him to this, to want to study this, um, was looking at the G. Did we talk about this already? Looking at the GED, and you know, he, you know, he's an old guy. He didn't know a lot about the GED. He finds out, oh, okay, so you dropped out of high school or just didn't go to high school, and you want to get the equivalent of a diploma, so you go and take a class, and then you're, for practical purposes, a high school graduate. Well, as an economist, he, and a funny guy, he said, well, most people study about 30 hours for the GED, and high school takes five, six, seven, eight, nine, a lot more hours <laughs> to right, do. The GED, by the way, for our international listeners, is General Educational Development Test. Yeah. You can just show up and take this test, and if you pass it, like you're saying, you get this diploma. You're walking around with a diploma. Right, right. And one, again, graduate equivalency degree. I, General I assume, equivalency degree. I think you're thinking of the GRE. I never took that. I'm scared to take that. I studied for it. Oh, my goodness. My goodness, my goodness. And my friends were like, oh, you should take the G, you know, GRE now, so you'll be ready. I'm like, I couldn't take it back then. Why would I be ready? Might be funny if you studied for the wrong test. That's all I ever did. Yeah, but like, what if you studied for the GRE and went into the GED and you were just like, I don't understand when this train is supposed to arrive at the station. Um, and, um, but as an economist, he, he asked, asked aloud to himself, well, you know, if you can get the equivalent of a high school degree in 30 some hours of study, why wouldn't you just do that instead of going to high school or put differently, why are we, why do we have high school <laughs> if people can get the equivalent, you know, you see where this is going. And so his interest became, and I forgive me if I'm getting parts of this wrong, but the, the nut of it is that he looked at the success rates in, in various endeavors of people who graduated from high school versus didn't graduate from high school and took the GED or just didn't finish high school and didn't take the GED. And long story short, um, the people who finished high school, and God knows there must be numerous economic and you know cultural, social reasons why this is, but that they were much more successful in large regard because they were able to stick to things. They didn't quit things. That the people on the one end of the spectrum, the people who finished high school, uh, had better luck in all aspects of life in the aggregate. They kept jobs, they got better jobs, they made more money. Um, boy, the more I think about this, the more this seems fraught with potential um, uh, rejoinders. But, but you know, you, the, those folks did best. They, they stayed married better and longer. The people... What are we... Who, hold on, what are we talking about? I want to give people this idea of grit and tell them why I'm interested in oh, this. Oh, okay. Sorry, I apologize. No, no, not at all. But he, but, but then he discovered that the people who, turns out, the people who took the GED did better at all of these things, like staying married and keeping a job and so forth, than the people that just didn't go to high school and didn't get a GED, but like not like a lot, a lot better. 
And so it, he, it sent him down this route to look at all these different disciplines, all this different research, and not to spoil the ending, but the part of this that interests me, the part that I want to make sure we talk about next week, even though we're talking about it now, is, is he tried to look at, what we, first of all, you have what they call the cognitive skills, right? Like you're smart and you test well and you have all of these, these certain skills. But he wanted to look at like, what are all the other things that make people successful in things and what what are what are the the, the various things and you know it's funny because during the episode of this american life are we are we talking about it this week it sounds like we're talking about it i this don't know week. i'm not i'm not prepared but it's your show whatever you want to do i don't care i don't really have a topic other than this we could do procrastination i'm wanting to do that i like continuity but go ahead you talk about continuity mm-hmm. well what he discovered was that that um and this is why i wish i had more time to read all of this is that the people who succeeded uh, weren't always simply smart. Yes, the people who had higher success in life did have like a high IQ and they did do well in school and so on and so forth. But just as a sidebar here, that certainly must also include things like the people who can finish high school have the infrastructure. They've got parents who make sure they get up in the morning and get breakfast and go to school, right? It must, it must have to do with the fact that if you are in a more affluent environment, you know, economics in terms of finance seems like it would be a big factor in that as well. But... Then you hear these stories about people who drop out of high school and do really, really well. Well, how could that be? Chris Rock didn't go to high school. How did he turn out so well? Well, he looked at all these different factors and there's different names for what we call these things. Character, personality, uh, stick-to-itiveness. There's all these things. And um, in that article from September of last year in the New York Times, which is called, oh, I hate this title. Um, What is it? What if the secret to success is failure? Uh, the ultimate turns out name, but it's actually a really, if you go Google, what if the secret to success is failure? It's really good. Um, they tried to look at all these different traits and they came up with something like over 20 different traits to identify all of these things. And they thought they'd gotten to it by talking about character um, or talking about values, right? People who succeed tend to have these, it isn't just smart people. It isn't just quote unquote smart people, people who, who you know, jump through the hoops correctly. I mean, how many people do we see who dropped out of college and now start something like a Facebook or whatever? Well, there's something about them that goes beyond just being a smart person. So starting out with something like over 20 different adjectives to describe what these non-cognitive skills are, they kept paring it down, eventually got it down to something like 10 or 3. But the word that, the word that has arisen and tends to have stuck at this point is one word, which is grit. Grit. Grit, something that encompasses... That's like the way uh, a British person says great. I think you're thinking of uh, New Zealand. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. It's the same. Is that different? No, they're, they're the one with different sheep. You never want to confuse... That's because they're grass-fed sheep there. Yeah, they taste like salmon. You never want to confuse different countries. It, it's very frustrating to people. It's very, very frustrating. There's a lot of civic pride, turns out, outside the U.S. And I am very intrigued by the idea of grit uh, for a variety of reasons. And what do we mean by grit? Well... It, you know, as uh, and again, I'm just I'm parroting what I've heard in, in different places here. But you know, you think about over over time. Think about when you're a little kid. Mm-hmm. You know, we still had things like you could still pray in school. There was still all kinds of God all over the place. You think about when you go to um, any kind of a you know non secular school. When you go to a Catholic school, you go to whatever. They're trying to instill values in you, not just values of faith, but values of you know morality and ethics and all of these sorts of things. Like there's a long history not just in the U.S., but really everywhere, of trying to teach you how to be a good person. But I think for most of us, when we think of school, I mean, personally, that's the stuff that's driven me crazy in the past. It drives me nuts. By the way, we're talking about this this week now, just so you know. 
we can talk about it more next week after you read. But it's always driven me a little bit crazy, the extent to which, especially, well, you know, at every stage of the way in my 13 years of public school education, I felt like it was an increasingly slightly more sophisticated version of learning how to stand in line just for myself. And, you know, so much that of that you can write down to the fact that I am a slacker and a contrarian and I don't get along well with authority or people. But I, and that always frustrated me that there, you know, there were things about tacitly teaching you how to be a good citizen, not just in the sense of like go vote and stuff, but in the sense of, you know, kind of this beige morality that they would try to teach you in school that never really took for me. I, you know, in retrospect, I wish I'd been more challenged to do things that would be hard. Oh, like, like actually be challenged to do something that could have caused you to learn or excel in, in Western education, really? <laughs> well, this is, what an ac- idea. this is where it accidentally, I think, becomes a Florida episode. But the, um, but just, just for myself, and I'll stipulate, as I want to get into more detail later, like, I think I don't have grit. And I think that's one of my No, problems. you totally have it. Okay, then let's I've seen you do these newsletters, songs and stuff. <laughs> Apart from the three that I still owe them from three months ago. Uh, they're not listening, so it doesn't okay. matter. Good. Um, I was a smart kid. I mean, I, I had straight A's. Wow, well, I, I nice I was a, showboating. I was, a, I was, I mean, it wasn't hard for me to do well in school. I mean, I've talked to Roderick about this. I have a lot of friends that are like this, where it's like you could, you could show up hungover and still do pretty well on the test. And at, at my college, um, there was this thing you had to take, I think your second year. Do you remember this in Florida? That, that, that was it the, not the clap. <laughs> I cannot clap. Um, the t- the, remember the test you had to take, I think your second year of college to show that you had like perfunctory skills. You go in this I think it's called the clap. I had the clap. Did you? <laughs> After dark. Yeah, please. Yeah, you know what? I, I've never, I've never, I've never had anything on my dingus. Turns out I've been mm-hmm. really lucky. I've been really lucky. Never had, never passed it. I've been super duper lucky because of my grit. Um, at my school, it was a point of pride to either be hungover or still tripping when you took that test. <laughs> so. Because it was considered so beneath us as fancy, fancy lads at New College that it was so beneath us that we thought we had to do it with one hand tied behind our back. And so a lot of people would just fall asleep during the test, you know, and have to take it again because they pushed a little too far. But, you know, I I guess what's interesting to me about this on the one hand is it's encouraging to me. I haven't read all of the, uh, obviously, I'm going to link to it all, but I haven't read all of the primary literature on this. But it resonates with me that there's more to success in life than being smart. It resonates with me on so many levels. And as reductive as it might be, if we have to get it down to two points, I think being smart and being having grit are two good ways to look at it. And, you know, this, and so, on, for example, in that This American Life episode, they get into a lot more detail about how economics plays into this, all sorts of different things, and how things like impulse control. Uh, become very important, you know, starting at an early age, having the ability to, um, to, what's the word I'm looking for? To not have to be immediately, I'm sorry, it's early, Um, not forestall, that's the guy at uh, Apple, but to to, to be able, Scotty boy, to be able to, um, to, to set aside immediate gratification in order to um, have something better in the future, to be able to save money, to be able to, you know, again, so think about all these things. I, I may be the rambly one here, but these are all these, these 
characters or components that are hard to distill into one thing. And maybe they aren't one thing, but that notion of grit gets to a lot of this. It takes grit to not go spend your whole paycheck when you get it. It takes grit to keep trying to make, uh, to sit there in your oven and make the right filament for a light bulb, even after the other ones keep failing. It takes grit <laughs> to be a, 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 I don't I think Chris Rock, I don't know if he just dropped out of high school or didn't go at all, but I mean, it takes grit to be a stand-up comic. Think about the grit that it takes to go up there and fail so often. You know, I, this is, I've argued with a lot of people in the comedy business about this, but in my head, I see stand-up and improv as these two ends of a continuum. I know they're not, but in my head they are. Because improv, the thing that makes improv comedy great or just improv anything great is that the more it falls apart, the better it gets. Because those are opportunities to do something creative, right? Improv gets crappy when people try too hard to make it funny or they try too hard to do anything. You just, you've got to be in the moment, be responding to people. That's what improv is. Like when it, when it, when it breaks is when it starts to come together, right? On the other hand, stand-up to me is like doing surgery. Like you, these people who work their craft so long, so long, so long. Now, the commonality in both, both of those particular crafts might be grit, right? I think definitely for stand-up comics, it's true. But how could you be not that smart of a person, quote-unquote, according to the system, right? According to the system, if you don't have a high school uh, diploma, you're screwed. I mean, you know what I mean? Like if you don't have a high school, if you don't have a, a college diploma, you're screwed today, according to the world. If you don't spend $40,000 a year to go to college, you're, you're screwed, right? Well, if you don't begin the world with, with what, what would that be? I, obviously, I'm not that kind of smart. But, uh, you know, $200,000 in debt, you know, it's... Anyway, I'm intrigued by this idea of grit because it helps me to understand some of my own failings, personality aside, or for that matter, I guess, personality included. But it also helps to partially explain why some people end up being so uncommonly successful, um, even though they are really, really smart. And I think it takes us half a dozen interesting places in the back to work arc. Um, like, you know, I've talked before about my concern about thinking, how you can think yourself into and out of things. Right. Like if you're really smart and Do you creative, believe your thoughts? I believe your thoughts. <laughs> That's my problem. All right. Uh, I promised I'd never scan you. Don't scan. I couldn't help it. Your head will explode. I picked up thoughts from the others. You're worried that I won't be able to contain my Phoenix powers. Right after my daughter this morning. 129. Um, but isn't if this is resonate appeal anything? Is this making any sense? You're, you're, a pretty, you're a pretty great mofo. What? Let me start over. Okay. Dan, you seem like you have a lot of grit. I don't know. I never really thought about it. I mean, certainly you're a quitter, but I mean, but I mean, on, on the other hand, <laughs> certainly <laughs> for the brief period of time that you are committed to something or someone, you're pretty into it. Yeah, I know. I get totally into it for the five, 10 minutes. I can't minutes believe that it I've made it this long last. with you. I can't believe I'm not dead to you yet. Um, Nothing you've ever said really has bothered me. Well, there was one thing well, we talked about. It. It's better now. Hmm. Is that you? What? I, hmm, I don't remember that. Was, me, um, was that you? <laughs> Is it me? It's me. Why do you think I have these file cards? I, I, I try to. I have this whole system for trying to remember who I've wronged and how. It's it's unmaintainable. What else does it get to? Well, there's the, there's the grit part of. Um, Boy, how is it? And I have so many friends like this, including some of you listening right now that I've talked to so many times. You're so gosh darn smart, but like you just don't do stuff. 
I know so many people who are so smart and like, they're just too damn smart. Damn it. Sorry. Ooh. <laughs> I need the sister to hit me with a ruler. Um, I just blues brothered my cursing. Um, you, you, um, that's like a oh, euphemism for something, right? I hope so. Ruler. <laughs> but I mean, have you ever seen an interview with, I don't know, Zuckerberg's probably a weird example, but have you ever seen an interview or like with Larry Ellison or, uh, I don't know. Harlan Gary, Ellison, maybe. <laughs> Gary Marshall. I don't know. You see, you see interviews with people who are by almost anybody's standard, like extremely, extremely successful. And you're like, God, that guy seems so stupid. <laughs> You know what I mean? You, you see people where um, I'm trying to think of some other examples, but kind of, kind of the classic, like um, you know, um, who's the guy who um, the Dynaco guy? What's his name? Dynaco. Dynaco guy, blue car. What's his name? You know, the classic example of like the uh, the the guy from the South who's really rich and makes instant decisions. You know what I mean? <laughs> Nathan Arizona. Nathan. <laughs> Is this, this what, is good, what people tune in for? I think this is what people tune in for. They ever had a single moment's thought about my responsibilities? It was a rocky place where my seat could find no purchase. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you get that diaper off your head. Put it back on. Okay. Um, so what does it go to? What does it go to here? It goes, it, goes to, it goes to why is it that so many smart people are so sad about what they make? If you're so smart, how come you're so dead? No, if you're so smart, then how come you're not producing the things that you like? Could it be that you haven't gotten gritty, right? Can, um, you, can you develop grit? Is that what you're trying to say? That you, this is something that can be cultivated, uh, a state of mind well, that you can cultivate? Uh, yeah, I think maybe two things on that. I think, first of all, from, from my uh, listening to a podcast and reading a couple of things, it seems, it seems clear that the earlier you get the grit, the better you're going to do. Which worries me because I already worry about my, 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 my grid is a mess. And, uh, Josh, actually Josh isn't here this week, Merlin. And, uh, <laughs> and I worry about my daughter's grid because boy, when she wants something, she really wants something. I mean, and it just goes, she goes through this like chain of, of, of demands. Let's go home. Okay. We're home. Make hot milk. Okay. I'm making hot milk. I'm reading a story. I, I know, honey, I know how this goes, you know? And, and if she has to wait, if she doesn't get the treat that she thought she was going to get after dinner, you know, this is common in kids. Certainly, kids are impulsive, but it's interesting. And, I, and I'm not about to be that kind of crazy kumon dad that goes and like tries to make their kid into a 15 year old when when they're four. Mm -hmm. God bless you guys. But um, but I, it is something that intrigues me. And like any anxiety that a parent has about him or herself, I think you can't help but have that anxiety a little bit about your kids. I think if we're honest with ourselves, you know, one of my goals is to try. I've said this before, but my I feel like one of my jobs with my kid is to let her become screwed up in her own way instead of making her become screwed up in my way. Yeah. Because everybody's screwed up. There's nobody in the world who's not a screwed up mess. It's just a question of whether they got there honestly or they ended up just uh, inheriting a lot of somebody else's screwed upness. So, you know, I try to avoid that if I can, you know. There's there's certain silly things that I'm sure she's gotten from me, but you know, that seems to me and again according to these things that I've read, getting that grit early is huge. Like learning self-restraint at an early age, being, being able to put off gratification, being able to stick with something. You ever sit down and try to play a stick game? Stick-to-itiveness. Stick-to-itiveness is a terrible word, but like my daughter hates board games. I don't like board games either. They're so the worst, man. They are the worst. I, I, I hate Candyland. Unless I hate you get into like Monopoly, but Monopoly's are. We, um, there's this curious George game uh, that she likes that involves playing hide-and-seek, and I think we're going to go, go with that as our go-to game night but like you know anything where you have turns and have to roll and then wait 
I mean, see, this film sounds familiar to anybody else because I might have the worst kid in the world. But, you know, first of all, like she wants to go first, which is fine. Um, and then she rolls and goes however many spaces she wants. She may not roll at all. She may decide that she just won. Now she wants to change her, her character and be in a different place and so forth. Well, I, personally, I don't like I, blue. I like green. I'm going to move to the green one. Right. Or like, or I'm just going to go straight to here because I'm going to get this kind of card. And I'm like, you know, and, and, and because I am a, I'm a fruity liberal arts guy, I'm reluctant to go, no, you must follow the rules because, you know, she's working out a certain kind of creativity. If you're still doing that when you're 14, well, that may be because you don't have the grit that it would be nice to have. Um, so, so, yes, on the one hand, what, from what I can gather, the earlier you find or get grit, the better that you do. Just like, let's be honest, the earlier you get smart. <laughs> the better off you'll do. You know, do you, I, I don't know if you remember this. You're a little younger than me. But when I was a kid, did I ever tell you this? I think I told you this. My, my senior year in high school, I know I told you this. In my senior year in high school, there was a class, a compulsory class called um, Comparative Government. And in 1984, when I started uh, my uh, senior year, hold for a remark. Go ahead. Get a remark on how old I am. No, Why, okay. I don't, you're not old. Wait okay, a minute, how old are you? Uh, 45. What? Yes, isn't it Dude, weird? that is so old. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm going to send you a fresh picture. A fresh picture of you just looking, sitting, looking old? I, I don't know if you I look, look You know what's weird is you look yeah. older in the morning, then you look younger midday, and then you get quickly old again. Oh, it's like the riddle of the Sphinx. Yeah, the, the way yeah. the sunlight hits you. I have, a, I have a small nose, but not that small. The crow's feet pretty, just get deeper chin. and deeper and deeper. They're more like, the they're more like Raven's Claws now. Is that the guy that did the voice of uh, Tony the Tiger with the old Raven's Claws? That's really <laughs> funny to three people. Um, but think about this. I mean, so, so first of mm. all, to go back in the, in, the, in the stack just a little bit, um, 12th grade, um, comparative government. 1984, the, the year that I took that class, 84, 85, was the very first year that it did not have a colon in it where it went comparative government, colon, Americanism versus communism. <laughs> Can you believe that? 1984, mm. that was still the name. Or 1983, that was still the name of the class. Because when I was growing up, it was all about the Soviets. It, was, it really was. like We joke about this on Roderick on the Line, how the Cold War affected everything, but it was true. And they were constantly giving us this example of, you know, oh, you know, in the Soviet Union, or Russia, as we used to call it, uh, which is like calling the United States Iowa. So in Russia, they, they give you a test when you're four, and then that, you know, now you're going to be a factory worker, because that's, you know, and in the United yeah. States, anybody can become president. Futurama, too. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, but there was always that, that sense of like, you know, uh, you know, oh gosh, this is America and you can, and you can become whatever you're going to become and you're not going to be, be stuck in this place. But that's not really entirely true. Like if you, in my case, like I didn't have pre-algebra in seventh grade. I didn't have pre-algebra in seventh grade, so I couldn't have algebra in eighth grade. Wait, I'm sorry. Let me, let me get this right. There's the, the, when I was, tell me if this is what you had. Um, the, the smart kid track when I was in junior high and high school was seventh grade geomet geometry. I want to get this right. Seventh grade geometry, eighth grade pre-algebra, ninth grade algebra, 10th yep. grade. Geometry, 10th grade. Algebra two. Geometry, 10th grade. Is that right? I thought it was 11th two. grade, you would do algebra two. Algebra two. And then you take trig and calc if, as a senior. Right. Well, because I'm an idiot and because I was going through a terrible time. Or statistics, or statistics. Oh, really? We didn't have that. That must be a, uh, an Orlando County thing. What county is Orlando in? Uh, orange, not orange. Br Broward. Lime. 
Broward. Broward. What a horrible name for a county. Broward. Well, we had Brevard a little bit up north. <laughs> That's that thing Dean Allen started with the rooster. Mm-hmm. They come to snuff the rooster. <laughs> so, uh, but by the way, I did not do that track. Okay, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you mine. You tell me yours. What was your math? What was your math starting in what sixth grade? What was your, what was your track? I don't, I don't remember that far. You back. don't remember that at all. No, I remember taking pre-algebra in ninth grade and doing very poorly. And then in 10th grade, doing geometry and failing it and doing it over in the summer oh, and, no. and acing it, acing it in the summer. It totally clicked for me. See, I missed like the first two or three weeks because I was, we had moved and I changed school. So I was like two weeks behind. Well, one math you can't be two or three weeks behind in with all those proofs is geometry. But when I took it in right. the summer and started at the beginning, it was like, it totally clicked. And it was, I was like, well, wait a minute. This is just like programming. Because I'd been programming for years already, and I wow, I love geometry. I aced it. I had the that was actually the most fun I've ever had. Did in, you find a way to understand it in high I mean, school? That though you had like a not a template or a paradigm, but like having programmed, you saw some pattern in that. that well, I mean, it's it's proofed. It's like if this, then that, and all you have to do is memorize a few of these uh, silly uh, theorems, and you're good to go. Piece of cake. But then, but then out back in algebra, and you would think because I mean I'm a fairly competent programmer. I, I in a past life I used to be. Uh, people are always like, "Oh, algebra, it's easy. It's just like programming." For me, it wasn't. Now I've got it since then. I got it. It clicked for me since then. But back in high school, I couldn't figure out algebra. So instead of doing algebra two, or I, I saw, I guess I made it through algebra one, but I couldn't. I knew I couldn't do algebra two, so they put me in some other. <laughs> it was like general math or something. Like I needed consumer a, math, something like that. Where it's like. <laughs> You know, we'll we'll be showing you how to add this column of numbers, and you're going to learn how to write a check and how to sign it. Oh that man, was I was cool. I, I was a mess. So I I I done very I did extremely well in elementary school, and then went to military school for that year in seventh grade, and then started did you going really. To public- yeah, yeah, and then started going to public school in eighth grade in Pasco County, and uh, I. I you know, I, I'm trying so hard to reform as a human being. There's so many ways I want to become a better person. But there's still this part of me that thinks a lot of stuff went wrong in eighth grade, partly because I, I was just in a, I was a mess emotionally. I was a, every, like everybody. Uh, I was really struggling coming into what felt like, you know, something from the warriors. And, you know, I, I was completely out of place and out of sorts. And I was also just weirdly tracked. I mean, I was in advanced English. And that was fine. It was mm-hmm. super easy. I don't even know why they considered it advanced, but it was a breeze for me. Um, <clears throat> I mean, also, I'm just saying, it really wasn't that challenging. You know, I, I know challenging. I know from challenging, and that was not that challenging. But I got stuck in, like, just according to Hoyle, generic math. It was not quite consumer math, but it was essentially advanced arithmetic in eighth grade. And I went in there, and I'll be dead honest, just from the other kids in the class... Not even the material. I knew from the second I walked in, I was like, what am I in here? What is this? This was the kids who listened to Judas Priest. I should not have been in the Judas Priest class. Uh, you know, I should have been in the Journey class for sure. And, um, and, I, and I, it was really stupid. And I didn't try. And I hated it. So I started out. So, but here's what I'm trying to get at is I, I missed the track at that point. I had zero grit and I missed the track. Mm. I was just, I, you know, I, 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 I said this once before. But this is such a great quote. I want to be quoted for this. What was it? Um, it's it's a hard thing um, when you're a smart person who doesn't get what they want. 
but you know, then you find out you're not actually that smart and there's a lot of things you could have gotten if you'd really tried. And that's, that's how I feel. Like I thought I was really smart. I knew I was in the wrong class and I totally phoned it in and I got C's. But the fact that I'd gone into eighth grade, I, had, I didn't have geometry in seventh grade like all of the kids in the Pasco County track, mm-hmm. right? So I'm already behind there. Right. Eighth grade, I was not in pre-algebra. I was in like, you know, I was in the brown group basically, <laughs> the brown reading group, <clears throat> math group in this case. <clears throat> but, you know, whatever, I got to see, who cares? But then in ninth grade, I had not had pre-algebra. I went into regular algebra and I ate the booger. I did not get a high enough grade to go to algebra two. So I repeated algebra mm-hmm. in, uh, what would that be, 10th grade? Yeah, repeated algebra. Finally got out of that, did algebra two in 11th grade and took geometry as a senior. I took, I took a class that 7th graders took in 12th grade. Now, why does this matter? Because first of all, I, ha- I had no grit. Second of all, it's Florida, for Christ's sakes. And, but also, like getting off of that path like really screwed me up. So, I mean, yeah, I think it does matter to have, if, for the cognitive skills and the smart half of all of this stuff, you kind of do need to be on the right track from early on. Because if you're not, like the system, it's like getting married or dying. You realize we're having a baby. It's, it's a racket and it's going to eat you alive. You will be thrown upon the gears of whatever that industry is. You think your wedding's going to be special. You think your birth is going to be special. You think your death is going to be special, and it's not. There is an industry that has forms, and if you fill it out correctly, it won't be as much of a pain. But it's still going to be expensive and stupid. That's really life. Same thing here. Uh, and now, so if you're on that right track when you're young, I think that helps a lot. I think you could take, I suspect you can take it too far. It wasn't too many years ago, it was a little before I had a kid, that I heard the phrase feeder preschool. Feeder? You like know, a, you like bird feeder? Of, you ever heard of a feeder school? Mm-mm. If you want to go oh, to Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. This is where you, you put them in the thing. And then well, they, I've, I've heard feeder school as a way of saying, well, if you go to whatever, Chode or one of those private schools. Right, Chode. If you go to Chode, if you go to Chode then you're, you're going to be right into, into uh, St. Penis or right, whatever. Right. And, uh, but but I, think it was, I think it was Meg, uh, her hand said this, you know, feeder, feeder preschools. Can you imagine having to try and get your kid, how frustrating it is? I mean, we applied to five co-ops and got into one. Like that's how competitive everything is now. Right. And uh, we happen to love the one that we're in. But, but, you know, the idea that, you know, there's so much competition today in schools that you're so much competition to get your kid into the kind of school that you can afford and push them hard enough that they're going to keep up inside of this broken, this broken ass system. It's crazy frustrating to me. And the whole idea that you would have you and your kids stressed out at the age of two or three about whether they're getting into the right preschool makes my head swim. I, I didn't go to preschool when I was a kid. I just started kindergarten when I was five. Yeah, It was not... A lot of my friends, most of my friends were Catholic when I was a kid and they almost all went to the same um, preschool or nursery school, I think it was called then, at, uh, at, their, uh, at their church, you know? And they, that's just what you did at that particular parish. And uh, I didn't have anything like that. I didn't, I didn't have any friends that went to preschool. And now, like, if you don't go to preschool, I mean, it's like you're weird or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Anyway, yeah. to answer your second part of that question, though, um, yes, it does help to have the grit from early on. But according to this, this American Life episode and other stuff, um, you can get grit. But once again, the earlier you start getting the grit, the better you're going to do. And they, they, one of the things that they did... Uh, and, and again, this is why I should have prepared more. I forget exactly where this happened, but it was in, in one of these, um, 
in, in one of these, uh, I don't know if it was a study, I think it might have been in, uh, doesn't matter. They basically took kids and had, and when they were in, I believe, high school or junior high, who were not doing great, they were totally like average kids, and had a high school or a college counselor come in and do very little except say to them um, something along the lines of, you know, you could be better than this, or you know, you could be, you know, doing more with this. Very little apart from neutral encouragement that they could be trying harder and doing better. And they did do better. It didn't take that much. It doesn't take that much to make somebody realize. One reason this show's been around for 87 episodes, I think, is that it helps people try a little harder for six days sometimes. I know that's what it does for me, thinking about this stuff. Sometimes we need a little kick in the pants to make us try a little bit harder. Listen, I listened to a podcast, uh, not a podcast, a radio show on the BBC about procrastination yesterday, and it made me stop procrastinating for a day. I think that's how it is. If you're somebody who's got grit, you know, you could sit there on the desert island and draw faces on your uh, volleyball and, and, you know, manage to get by. But I think for most of us that don't have the grit, and I, I, I have to wonder, I bet a lot of our audience struggles with this, is that it is a slog to come back to that. We, 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 are, we are who we are in the sense that whatever our history and our background and our experience and our self-image has made us today is who we are. It's one reason that diets tend not to work. It's one reason self-help writ large right. tends not to help right. is that we are who we are. We, we're a collection of habits and patterns and neural pathways that have formed over you know, 20, 30, 50 years. And you don't just change that by reading a book or by reading another book or buying a book and not reading it or getting a wireless scale or a hammock. Like none of that stuff changes it. But like, how do we, how do we get that grit at our age? I don't know. It sure as hell makes me want to make sure that my daughter's got grit at, at whatever age. But I don't know, we should uh, talk about our sponsor. But I, I wanted to toss that out there because just to be completely honest on a personal basis, I, I think it's, it helps me to think about grit as something that I honestly think I lack and B, I realize I could do a lot. I realize I could do a lot more if I had more grit, if I had more determination, if I stuck to the right things for longer. Um, because in those neural pathways that I've got, I'm pretty sure that I am a quitter. And then I, I do give up when it gets hard. Um, and I don't always, uh, along the lines, perhaps a, a twin sister of my ADD, my version of ADD is just simply that I, I can focus, but I don't always focus on the right things. In that same way, my version of grit is I, I'm not always gritty about the right things. I might be gritty about procrastinating on something in a way that's intractable. I might stick to something way longer than I should have when the real grit should have been to do a difficult thing and quit this thing to do something better, you could probably bend this analogy until it breaks. But mm -hmm. I think it's an effective way. If you're looking for a practical component to why you're so goddamn smart, but you haven't made anything cool yet, I wonder if we should consider that grit could be part of it. Certainly matters in our educational system. But if you're past the educational system and now you're somebody who's out there trying to do stuff, I, you know, it seems like something you're going to have to bootstrap, which is hard if you don't have grit. <laughs> Your thoughts? It gets complicated. It gets more and more complicated. What do you what do you, what do you think though at a high level? What what are your first of all? Is this is this uh, as I like to say? Is this making sense? I think it makes sense. I think you know we talk about a lot of these different. I don't know what the right word is what 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 is it, the term you would use to describe what grit is? Personality trait. Well, there's a very Skill? funny there's a very funny part of this, that, that wonderful This American Life episode where. 
um, I was talking to uh, Heckman, this, uh, I don't know his first name, this economist Heckman, and they laugh about it because every time he tries, every time, and Heckman's a Nobel Prize winner, he's a pretty smart guy, and every time he tries to describe what this they have you, is. You, over his house last weekend for barbecue or something? What? Your, your buddy here you're talking about. God. Because you know, you seem to know him pretty good. My goodness me. Was that there? <sighs> Put your wife on. I'm going to try and help her. I just, I just, does she have people she can talk to? Just to God, it must be, it must be brutal. Oh, man. And Heckman has trouble coming up with a single word for this. It's part of what makes this so interesting to me. And you, again, you'll pick this up in that Paul Tuff article from September of 2011 um, as well. And I have to say, I haven't read the book yet. I'm going to buy it today. I bought the sample, but or, excuse me, I downloaded the sample, but I haven't read the book. But the guy strikes me as being a, a, a smart guy. He sounds like he's not a, you know, it turns out, doofus we'll see i'm also trying to read some contravening um you know people who are criticizing this as well i'll have more on that next week if we talk more next week but um what was the question oh the name for it yeah because at various points so so ira glass who i don't know and nobel uh, prize winning economist heckman who i don't know God, uh, are having this discussion and I was laughing about it because he keeps saying he says character or he says personality trait. He uses all these different words that really mean different things and they eventually laugh about it because even when he's telling, even when Ira Glass is saying to him how funny it is that he doesn't have one word for it and keeps changing the word, he keeps changing the word even then. And that's why, again, grit might be reductive, but, you know, it, it does encompass all many of these other things. You know, you know, you could certainly look at people and say, well, the, the one reason for that person's success is, is probably their, what, like attention to detail. Or one reason for their success is their willingness to compromise in order to, you know, make something great. There are certainly myriad reasons. But if we had, I, the reason I'm excited about this idea is that, yes, it's, it's probably amazingly reductive, but it's reductive in a way that resonates with me. Because if I think about the stuff that, just for myself, the stuff that I'm pretty satisfied that I've done, it came from some, I want to say, yeah, hopefully being smart and having something to say, maybe, or thinking you have something to say. And God, how awful is it when we think we have a novel in us and, and maybe don't, you know, that's, that, it's an awful feeling to walk around for five years, 10 years, 15 years. You know, some of you out there, out there have this, you feel like you've got a comic that you can get out. Like a, or you've got a, a novel, even a short story, uh, a cookbook. Like there's something in you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe the best power pop single that's ever been put out. There's mm. something in you. You feel like you should be able to get out, but you can't get your hands around it. Um, so it's weird. I, I almost, there's a third piece to this. I almost want to add that probably is part of grit, but it's like being smart and being gritty are certainly important. But I wonder if this other part of it is, some combination of like intuition and confidence because the things that I, if I look at the things I'm happiest about, they aren't stupid. They're kind of smart. Maybe sometimes uh, it took a certain amount of grit to finish them and polish them. But it, I also feel like there's this, this third element of confidence in your intuition about what to do. Because as, as David Allen uh, has talked about, it's, it's in modern knowledge work. It's not a problem so much of not knowing what we do. We understand what our job is. We know what our job title is. We know at some kind of mid-level what it is we need to do, but we get hung up in the details of implementation. And we get really hung up in trying to accomplish those medium-sized projects 
because we get lost in all of these n- numerous details that leave us procrastinating and confused and stuff like that. And that, that what getting things done uh, does for people, I think, is it gives you a framework for first wrangling all of the details and tasks that can potentially undo you. But then also it gives you a framework for understanding which one of those details you shouldn't be doing right now or can't be doing. And then as you move further up in the stack, you eventually get to the point where you go, wow, a bunch of that stuff was busy work for this project I know I'm never going to do. Mm. That's why I was procrastinating. And so you get rid of it. Again, getting things done. Such a great book. Um, and so, but, but what getting things... And the other thing getting things done will do for people, people will do getting things done for like a couple of weeks or a month. And you get this... I always pegged it around the third week of doing GTD is you get this weird fatigue because you've been so involved in the implementation process and setting up your folders and doing your reviews and, and just like just slamming Kool-Aid for 21 days that... At a certain point, you go, I don't know if this is maintainable, and I'm probably doing more meta work than work. It certainly happens. If you can make it through that, it's like the 17th mile in a marathon. Like If you can make it past that, you can finish. You can get through this and, and find the practical components of this. But, but one other failing that people have in the first month or two of doing GTD is they start looking at the system or the framework as the thing that t- they're looking at, like tea leaves, to tell them what their job is. When in fact, I think the value of GTD is that if you're somebody who theoretically knows what your nominal job is, the help that you really need is to clear away the fog that distracts you from the work that's actually important. Or as I like to say, making and doing the things that you love in my parlance. And so how do you do that? Well, you have things like this model is for, what is it? It's for, um, there's like four aspects of what tasks you could do right now, right? Do you have the time? Do you have the energy? Do you have the context? Do you have, you know, and so forth. Well, how do you decide what to do today? Well, once you got all your crap figured out, you decide in a very intuitive way. You decide in an intuitive way because you have expertise. And then you have the confidence to do it because you've done that job enough that you know that you can skip this meeting, but not that meeting. Mm -hmm. You know that even though more people are yelling at you, five people are yelling at you to do A, you know it's more important to you Mm -hmm. today to do B. And you can stand behind that. Now, what is that? Is that grit? I think it's also a kind of, I'm taking this in a direction I hadn't expected. I think it's also a kind of intuitive confidence. And, you know, I know smart people, I know gritty people, but I also know people who might have those but lack the intuition and confidence. I don't know if those words are making sense. I need a better word than that. But maybe that's subsumed under the grit. But Resolve, but I, resolve though, is a part of the, the grit. I see resolve as definitely part of grit, for sure. But, but for example, let's say you're really smart. And let's say you're really gritty. So let's say you're somebody with domain ex- a certain amount of domain expertise or at least good decision-making, somebody with good judgment, somebody with good taste. And then let's say you're somebody with grit, second of all. You're somebody who's willing to commit to projects and stick, through, stick with it through the hard times to understand which kinds of things that make you want to quit are red herrings or are either skippable or killable or... You know what I mean? That's, that's part of being like, for example, the classic example, I guess, an entrepreneur is you have to have a certain kind of madness to be able to think that you can make success out of this thing that's nothing right now, right? Um, <laughs> the very first joke ever on the, You Look Nice Today. We're just chipping away at the stone and eventually we'll have uh, Michelangelo's Daniel. You know, if you're going to take that block and try and make David out of it, it takes a certain amount of intuitive confidence. Yes, it takes craft, but it certainly takes a certain amount of, you know. And, and so the confidence part to me, though, comes into it because there are people who are willing to work hard at something and they know they're smart, but something doesn't tip. There's something that doesn't make the grit and the smart connect in a way where they say, I have enough materials to do this thing now. 
And then once I start doing that thing, I have the grit to see me through and the intelligence to keep guiding me to know whether I'm doing the right things. I can come back to that intuition as well and say, wow, I have this gut feeling that I, I haven't heard. I've written to this person five times and haven't heard back from them. Something intuitively tells me that this may not be a great relationship or I can't depend on this person to do this thing. Well, a certain kind of life hacks person would come up with a new system to give them reminders to keep calling that person. Somebody who's functioning at a slightly higher level would say, well, I should try this one more time and then not worry about it and route around it, right? So I'm taking it in several directions here, but I th- I'm, I'm, the more I think about this, the more interested I am in if, if there is this sort of third element. You know, I, and the thing is, Dan, I, you know this, I think. I yeah. talk to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like I have like ongoing kind of calls with probably a dozen people who are friends that maybe started as, you know, listeners and fans or whatever. And I've become friends with them. And we do these little check-in calls to see how things are going. And I have a handful of friends from which I get a lot of amazing anecdotes for this show, but, but who also continue to struggle with like getting off the dime. Really, really smart people with really, really good jobs. Not just people who want to go quote unquote quit their job, but, but people who like their job. Um, but people who want to do other things, people who are on the horns of a dilemma about some decision that's coming. I talked to a friend yesterday who's got a decision that's not going to really, really hit him for two years, but he's already thinking about, and I think an intelligent way, about the trade-offs that he's going to face along the way in deciding how his career and life are going to change in the next two years. As it happens, he's also an extremely smart guy with a lot of grit. But I wonder if that particular guy... Hi. Hi friend who's listening as I, I know you're listening right now. It's like, do, do you have like the confidence and intuition to then sort of exit? <laughs> he just texted me. Um, Are they listening right now? Oh, of course. Oh. It's, it's somebody, it's a jackal. Um, we should talk about our sponsor. Okay. What about you? you, you your, your confidence and intuition thing. You're an interesting version of this. By the way, I'm totally upending this, this, this um, uh, bitart, bipartite thing and making it tripartite by adding in confidence and intuition. But in your, in your case, you are a slow thinker and a fast doer. Yes? Well. <laughs> uh, cute. Maybe. You're being cute. But um, again, the five by five example. Do you re- are you conscious? Are you conscious of when you're thinking about a change, or is it merely stewing in your stewing brain? Uh, I only have myself to compare to, but I can say that reflecting back on the way I used to think and the way I think now, I'm fairly cognizant of things like that. That you are, you have undertaken that you're thinking about changing something. Yeah, like if I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very aware of my thought processes now. Does it begin as a dissatisfaction or is it part of an ongoing, like I'm just always thinking about what I want to do next? I think it's, well, it's kind of both. I'm aware of the thought processes and I'm aware when I have something, uh, this is kind of hard to explain because it's weird. I'm aware, I'm aware of the thinking process and I'm aware of when I'm engaged in the change process too. Really? Yeah. I, um, if that makes sense, it's kind of hard. I, I, I think it, I think it does. I, um, but you don't, you don't sit there like you're not a guy who sits there with a notebook and goes or does, draws a mind map and thinks about like, it strikes me from knowing you a little bit, you're not the sort of person who sits down and goes like, here's the list of all the things I'm thinking about changing. Do you do that mentally? No. 
No, I don't. Get, it seems like you get a bee in your bonnet. Like something, something gets under your skin or something gets on your radar screen or something uh, analogies your metaphor and you start not stewing, but like something starts ruminating. And in your case, I joked about this literally right before the show, but like there are certain things you said to me that you're working on that are going to come out soon that just don't come out or they don't come out for a really long time. And I don't care why, but the point is you've got things on many, many burners but you can only do so many things at a time. You're doing some kind of an in, in, intuitive process to decide, okay, certainly the world, like, okay, we're ready to take your t-shirt order or yes, now this office space is available. There are external factors. But at the same time, it seems like you you have to look at a wide range of things you could do every day and then make a somewhat intuitive decision that will then... I, I'm telling you your thoughts, but it seems to me that you, that you make an, it will start with an intuitive decision and then think it through, have some ruminative, ruminative time, and then execute fearlessly. Am I getting that? In yeah, order? I think. Yeah, I mean that's an interesting way to describe it. But I would say yes. Mm-hmm. See, I don't even know it's coming. Like I, um, there's this wonderful, uh, wonderful, slightly overlinked thing, but still wonderful. This thing called structured procrastination. We'll put in notes. This guy down at Stanford invented this term um, many years ago. He realized that he would always have something he was supposed to be doing that was like an order of magnitude more important than anything else he was supposed to be doing. I'm paraphrasing this, but yeah. the idea is like, I've got to grade these papers, you know, because, oh my God, or A, B, C, D, E, all these horrible things are going to happen in my life. And the older he got and the more he did it, the more he realized that he could benefit from this by always having the most important task that he absolutely, not a fake one, a real thing, a real thing where he's going to be screwed if he doesn't do it. Right. <laughs> that would be at the top of his list and he would then he would do literally everything else. And it made him very, very, uh, very productive. <laughs> As, uh, and I interviewed David Allen one time. One of the great things I'd never heard him say before was it's okay to procrastinate as long as you have good things to procrastinate with. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I, and that's how I work. I mean, like I've always got what I try to do though is just limit the number of things that I'm procrastinating about. I feel like I've had a huge success if I'm only procrastinating about one thing, because then I can have really effective days. I can have a day where I come in and I just blast away at something. The the reason I'm mentioning all of this is, unlike you, I think I I don't even know I want to do something until one day, and then I know with such clarion certainty that it's the thing to do do you know what i mean it's like it just presents itself. you just get you get clarity because it's like your your mind in the background your mind is like processing it without you focusing on it consciously is that what you mean yeah you asked me to do a show for like at least six months and i'm sitting it's funny because this is really funny i should send this to you i found this notebook it was a new it was a new uh, new notebook i'd started and the first few pages are little doodles and stuff and then it's got notes about this talk that i'm going to do in another state right and so notes to notes to notes and then it's got three or four pages of notes from meeting with the stakeholders there the people who are my hosts writing everybody's names down i always do draw a table and like you know who's every person at the table so i can you know me- remember who's who all of that a lot of scribbling notes about what they want to change from my first talk to my second talk. Right. <laughs> More scribbling notes. And then the next page was me on the plane, like talking about what had to change. And then the pages after that, a huge page in tiny, creepy, like seven handwriting is like all the questions that I had for our call the day after I got back. So I went directly from this talk that made me so frustrated that I had to start this show. 
I didn't know I had to start this show when that when I had that terrible not terrible visit, but where I felt so. I was like, ah, why am I doing this? I'm not helping them. They're not helping me. This is hard. And I just, you know, this is when I had that uh, screaming match at 2 a.m. with the SVP. Uh He's a regular VP. He's a junior VP. And uh, the point being, I can look at that notebook and in retrospect, it tells a story. It tells a story of a guy going on a trip and starting a new notebook with Princess Leia on the front or whatever. And then me prepping for this, a fresh young kid straight out of the country, and then going into this slough of despond, Mm -hmm. and then coming straight into, hi, I should find the email. I think I I put it up once. Hi, uh, Dan, you remember me? It's Merlin. We're going to do a show. Yeah, I remember. Okay. Right? And that was it. That was it. Yeah, but no, what's funny, that sounds so impulsive, but you know what? Somewhere in my stupid head that's a little bit smart, uh, not too gritty, but pretty good with the intuition. I knew it was time. We talked about it in the first episode. This is so stupid to talk about the show on the show, but like that's one example that really worked. Like, do you I, remember that day when you when you called me up and you said, "All right, let's do it." I was standing at the kitchen counter. I had the <laughs> and you the, said to your wife, "Yeah, this, I, 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 this I, is the email." <laughs> I said, "This, this is the email I've been waiting for my whole life." Oh, you used to like me so much. I did. I used to admire you. Oh my god! But then you used to listen to my shows. Yeah, well. Yeah, you're a moth that got a little bit too close to the CFL. <laughs> Turns out 23 watts, really? I, uh, I, I talked about this in that talk where I cried, but you know, I had one relationship end very emotionally and not too great, a long-term relationship. And I felt like such an idiot that I was back in a relationship with somebody so quickly. Yeah. But I knew within a couple of weeks... Maybe I could be fooling myself here. I might be whistling past the marriage graveyard, but like my hand of God, I knew, I want to say I knew the night I met her, but that's silly to say, but I really, really knew within the first few weeks that this is somebody I wanted to be with. Mm. How could I possibly know that? Is that simply, is that as simple as, oh, I, I know I don't want that other thing and now I need a girlfriend? Maybe, but something inside of me that I didn't even know was bubbling up did that. I've gotten away from grit here, but I think this might be important. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it's helpful, we should talk about our sponsor, but I wonder if it's helpful for us to, to know, certainly we all know how smart we are. Obviously, let's take it as red, we're all really smart. Um, but I wonder if it's also helpful for us to know how gritty we are, how much that smartness gets reflected in grit. And I wonder how many of us have a sense of our confidence and intuition that is expressing itself in a way that lets that smartness out into something cool mm. with the grit to see it through. This is a big, big topic, Dan. It is a big topic. Yeah. We're probably not going to have time to talk about X-Men, are we? No, we can talk about whatever, whatever you want. Yeah, can I tell you about something I like? Please. Hey, listen, have you heard about this uh, Igloo software? Igloo software, I have heard about <laughs> yeah. it. Those are the, that's your digital workplace thing. Is that what that is? That is what that is. <laughs> Never get John Roderick started on the topic of Inuits versus Eskimos versus, oh man, just you shouldn't, you just shouldn't talk to people from Alaska. Oh, I'm just going to really? say that. Yeah, turns out. Um, Igloo, give them the F's and B's. The F's and B's. This stands for... Oh my Christ on a crutch. I'm going to quit cursing. Features and benefits. Oh, okay. Fe- features and benefits. Give them the read. Call it the read. Give them the read. Well, uh, Igloo, it is your digital workplace. It means you can give updates. You can have discussions. You can share files. You can do all these things that you want to do with your team in one place. And uh, what does it do? What's the benefit? It keeps you on task. It makes it so you don't have to worry 
about sharing all of this stuff. You don't have to have 20 different applications to do all of this stuff. It means that when you update things that your manager can see it and your team can see it and the other department can see it and vice versa. And uh, you do it and you do it all in one place. And they've got things Merlin that, that, things that Merlin likes, like yeah. built-in content <clears throat> moderation, which I know you're always obsessing about. I'm always obsessing over content moderation. It reduces email because you can, I be can see everything. With you, Dan, you know what I love to moderate? What's that color? Content. You like to moderate the content? Here's the thing. Um, there are lots of things you can get from lots of places. Um, you could go and install a copy of Media Wiki. Is that what it's called? Media Wiki? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can, you can go and install Media Wiki. It's a great, great... I mean, it's fantastic. It runs Wikipedia. It's pretty good. Um, you could use Twitter. You could use Yammer. You could use any of those Twitter-esque services. Um, I just signed up for tent.is. I don't even know what it is, but I signed up for it. And my username was taken. Turns out. Um, you could go and you could use Google Google Docs. Hmm. You could go and use. There's so many different services. There's some some of which are great and some of which are not great. But there's all these different services, and there are places that bring this together. You can buy suites of tools. But I think a lot of people at the implementation and IT ish level get a little bit frustrated and a little bit antsy, to be honest, about having a ton of different things to maintain. In your in your parlance, as you say, uh, things to support. You know what I mean? Of course you know what I mean. You used to do this for a living. This is what I used to do. Do you want to have 15 different services for these things that might mix in personal and work stuff? What if you've got Sarbanes-Oxley and that kind of stuff? Well, you got all that junk. I don't know. I'm talking out of my butt. But like, what if you had all that in one place and integrated and it worked with your teams? Mm -hmm. This is what is neat about Igloo. And uh, because you can go in and you can basically flip on or off any of the stuff that your teams need. You can share stuff intelligently. You're not stuck in that So you're saying you could could scale this thing down to be like a one-purpose tool or you could make it have every single feature in the whole world. Yeah, precisely. Like like so many great, great uh, some of my favorite apps, you could make it look completely bananas with every single feature exposed, or you could go in and just make it this one thing. <laughs> OmniFocus, a lot of people look at OmniFocus and go, oh, it's so confusing. Well, were you aware that with a few clicks that you save as a perspective, you could basically turn it into Omni Outliner? <laughs> you can have exactly one line with one cell per line and just indent. You know, you can do that, and that's really easy to do. Great products do that. Pathfinder, same way. That you can do that with any great product is you can turn it down to be as simple as you want. Same here. But here's the beauty part. So on the one hand, you got the IT, MIS, whatever guys who are going to flip out about having to like, oh my gosh, we we if we outsource this to these people, it's going to be this and that, and we got different contracts and all of this stuff. If you're a small to medium sized business, I think you need to look at Igloo because you don't need to go have a separate install of this. And here's the beauty part. If you go put that on, no, no, I don't mean this is FUD, but if you go put content on one of those external sites, you don't have, you may not, unless there's a fantastic API, you may not have a super easy way to integrate that with other pieces of content on your, in your world and then share it intelligently with the right people at the right time. So that's part of the glue that Igloo provides in my use of it is that ability to take the casual tools of social networking, for example, and all the kinds of apps that have become popular in the last 10 years, things like wikis, to put that all in one place, but then to, the, the, the glue or the spackle is your ability to link things together and to expose it to only certain people at certain times and then to turn it into different kinds of things. So if you want a little homepage, it's got a Twitter thing on it. You know, it'd be a great place people could look for this, Dan. I don't know if you're aware of this. What's that? They could go to back to work igloocommunities.com oh yeah oh yeah and they can see our thriving thriving back to work igloo community so how many people have signed up now I looked a couple days ago at the number I haven't checked let me look 
but it's super duper fun. Yeah. 71, 71 people in the Jekyll Cave. Hey, look at that. There's Richard A. at the top of the list. Look at Richard A. Nice. Who else is in here? Nice. There's lots of, oh, look at this. Look at all these handsome people. And so if you go to backtowork.eaglecommunities.com, you'll quickly get the gist. Now, this is just what we've done. This is what we've turned on. We've got a calendar. We've got a wiki. We've got a news section. We've got documents and so forth. You can make this however you want. Look at that. There's a gallery. People have uploaded photos of them mm-hmm. in their handsome. That's fine for Merlin Sharp. You go in, you give people the certain kinds of privileges you want. People can go and have ad hoc forums and go create threads and shuck and jive. You know, hey, like how much do you love those mailing lists you're on with all the funny jokes? Or like at Google, like there's a whole mailing list just for kitchens. Like who has the nicest kitchens in the different buildings? Well, what if you don't want to see that? What if you need to be on this one list to get this kind of thing, but don't need all of this? Well, how about this? How about if there's a forum area where you're subscribed to just certain threads or just to certain tags, hashtags, basically? It's that informal. It's that easy. And and I need you know, I need to find out more about this. But if I understand this correctly, mm. for example, can't you turn things like a wiki page? You can take a wiki page and basically make it into a support document. So you might have something that starts out as a casual wiki page right. and then say, oh, you know what? We should really expose this to the public. Make that part of this area of the site. And now you're moving stuff around all in this one place. And you can moderate content. You can have polls. Everybody loves polls. Everyone loves the polls. It's mm-hmm. SSL. It's secure. All the way down. It's straight down. Turtles all the way down. Hmm. You pay for the S and the S and they throw in the L. How much you is this? Points. How much does this thing cost? It's affordable, well, right? And, you know, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I think in any other, if you were not listening to this special offer right now, you could expect to pay 700 to $5 billion a month on this. Your mileage may vary. But no, this is the deal. You pay this one price and you get, uh, you get uh, 25 seats for, is it $100 a month? 99 bucks a month for a team of up to 25 people. Is that, is that American or duck money? Oh, yeah, because they are up there in Canada. Yeah. I, think that's, I think they use the, the true currency, the, uh, the U.S. Uh, currency. The coin, of the coin of the realm, as you call it. I'm going to open up Solver. The dollar, the good old-fashioned old green, green, green back. Any reason to open Solver, and I'm going to say uh, $100 in Canadian. Uh, CDN? What do they call it up there? Uh, you know what? If I open Solver, I will be here all day. Mm. Solver, you don't like them. I don't know them. They haven't sponsored, have they? Have they sponsored? They should, if they, they do, then I like them a lot. That's how I figure out our uh, our money every month. It's over. It's That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, please go to... You know, here's the thing. Um, they're a great sponsor. And they have gone... Uh, Marco with a K, who works there, has gone to so much wonderful work. Marco's a sweet, 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 sweet man. And go in and look at what people have been doing here. You can see uh, that's fine for your Halloween mask, inside jokes. I might have done this wrong, but I tried to set it up so jackals can go make new wiki pages. I need to, if anybody can verify whether that's working. Um, we've got a wiki where Marco has pre-populated every episode of the show. Um, I don't know if this is going for too long, but I, I, if you're looking for a way to wire your company together, you could do worse than giving this a shot because this may have everything you need right in here, right? Everybody out there has somebody at the company who's the wiki guy, right? I've been wiki guy. You got to put it on the wiki, 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 wiki. Well, like there aren't that many people who like are going to go to some site somewhere to just go look at the wiki. In my experience, they're much more likely to see it if it's in this place where it's contextually provided contextually and sensibly for what they are, who they are, what they do, 
and what their interests are. You don't have to subscribe to the dev list to get everything that developers do for the rest of your life. You can do searches. <laughs> you can go in and just find what you're looking for. If you're trying to, I don't know, what was that word they used to use? Knowledge, knowledge management. This is probably not that high level, but it's sure not far off. If there's stuff you need to share with other people, this is a great place to put it. It, it, uh, it could, I think, arguably replace a lot of services you're paying 9 to $17 a month for and have them all in this one place. Uh, securely, you can have it public, you can be private, you can have, you can change the, uh, you know what, I'm going on too long. Yeah. It's just, it's really neat, it's really fun to use and as you can see from what Marco did here, he quickly threw us together a template that, that works for our show. You may not need that but uh, I don't know. I really like the idea of having this in one place. So what we would like you to do is please go and try this out um, and now what's the, uh, what are the trial terms? Is the trial a, terms trial are term? you, you go in there, you try it out and uh, you don't have to uh, give them a credit card or anything. It's a free 30-day trial. 30-day trial. Let's go in there. And you go to igloosoftware.com slash B2. Now, are you sure that's the That's one? what it's in here. That's what I'm reading. SodaStream and not the, uh, not the X-Men? It says SodaStream. I don't know why. What's the X-Men one? Mm. I say they're both good. Okay. Yeah. I thought we were supposed to send people... I, we should have a place, easy place to go for the trial. Uh, but uh, I think you can get to the trial right from the homepage. But anyway, go to backtowork.igloocommunities.com. Just go up and sign up and be a jackal and check it out. Look at that Ted A with his... Hi, Ted A with his handsome 5x5 five five shirt. Look at that. Anyway, good people. Good people. So um, uh, that's all in show notes along with lots of this other stuff. And I've, uh, thank you for, seriously to Marco for doing this. He's, he's uh, a, great, a great sponsor and a good pal. And we're very grateful um, that he's. This is this. this is the good Marco, not the Brooklyn one, right? Oh no, this 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 Marco doesn't know from bums. All right. Anyway, our thanks to uh, Igloo Software uh, for supporting Five by Five and Back to Work. Hmm. Hmm. Is that a bomb? Wake and bake, dude. Nice. Wake and bake. Nice. Down to my left, so to stream. Hey, I found a place in uh, West Portal over by my house. Don't be creepy. That uh, that sells the uh, the big ones. Is so that over there uh, on Briar? Yeah, two. Pool upon. Pond would be good for you. Oh, it's always funny. I think we could potentially talk about this uh, next week, too. Okay. We don't need to go right now. We still got plenty of time, right? What time is it? No, it's time, actually. Oh, it is time. Yeah, 80, 86 minutes in. 86. Eight, six minutes. 86 minutes. 86 smackers. 86 time. Did you ever work in a restaurant? You worked in a restaurant. Uh, not, not a restaurant where I was like wait staff, but I was sort of like a short order cook in an Italian restaurant for a little while. Oh, they're stinky. Stink, yeah, the, the, stinky the Italian poop? restaurant is a stinky, stinky restaurant. You know that term though, 86, you know, there's terms inside of kitchens that they use. 80, you know what 86 means? That means, uh, kill them. 80, <laughs> 86. It means we're out of that. Right? So you say like, uh, you know, 86 veal. And uh, it sounds like a play in the football, but mm. uh, that means they're out of it. There are many terms. Like you could say, uh, if you want like eggs on uh, toast, you could say Adam and Eve on a raft. Adam and Eve on a raft. And if you want them... 86 uh, of ketchup. Them, if you want to smash the yolks, you say uh, Adam and Eve on a raft and wreck them. There's all kinds of these. Didn't you, you, have you ever seen that thing? You'd like hmm. this. I'm sure you've seen this. What's that? But the weird way that they put orders in at like an... And again, I have no direct experience with this because I don't go to IHOPs. But apparently there's some, like if you put, like if you put the, the ketchup and then a straw and then a salt packet on the corner facing a certain way that that tells them the short order cook, like the whole order. That's probably literally Have the worst idea I've ever heard in my life. The worst what? 
That's the worst idea I've ever heard in my life. Now, is that prep? Is that also like for, not fulfillment, what do they call it? Expedition? Or is it expediting? Is it, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just write it down like a journal? I don't know. I just, I remember there was some kind of thing. Like you put the the plate down and it'd be like a thing. And so like if there's a a pepper packet (laughs) on it, then that means... The Grand Slam or whatever they do. Anyway, I don't that, know. That, that is, that is, you know what? I'm, I'm literally going to look this up right now. I hop ordering pepper packet. Um, that's, that's a terrible idea, Dan. Now, you know what they do in a lot of those places? You got the, uh, the, uh, they call it expediting, right? There's somebody who's the expediter. Right. And that, that's uh, somebody who's probably, you know, they stand there at college classes. They stand there. They stand there on the line and they make they sure the this stuff's setup. coming out right. That's right. They put the endive mm-hmm. on the plate. As you say, mm-hmm. they uh, get everything done. Now that I've seen with the setups, I, I've had a couple of friends that worked at places, some of those jackal places, like uh, uh, I, I can't believe it's not Fridays or uh, or, or uh, what's that uh, Latin American Chili's? What's it called? Chili's <laughs> or Chavez? <laughs> right. That's like an upscale Olive Garden. Oh man, everything is an upscale Olive Garden except Applebee's. Yeah. Oh, Apple Lanes and six way six lane highways. Applebee's. It's the worst. Applebee's. Like I remember in college, like Applebee's was like the like people would choose that. Ah, bourbon chicken. Yeah. I know. See, you know what this is? You know who I blame? Florida. (laughs) Bennigan's. You're gonna Bennigan's. Plattsburg. Plattsburg. I was at uh, the Bennigan's. Our go-to Bennigan's is where Evil Knievel beat up a guy with a baseball bat. Turns out, I used to love Bennigan's. This is like there was like a whole. Fern bars. It was like a, a, they they scanned in the menu. It was not mm-hmm. a menu, but it like explained how all these different things on the plate. Nobody under nobody knows this in the whole chat. Room. Hey, what are you nobody talking knows about? Talking about, about? Uh, in the uh, in the what are you talking about? What are you talking about? You're talking, you're talking about, about, uh, <laughs> about you got to go out and do the sit. Brass balls. Brass balls. Do you ever listen to podcast Dan? Uh, he, has, he has a good podcast. I've been enjoying it. Yeah, he has a wonderful show. I listened to his interview with Billy Joel. And even though John Roderick is trying to talk everybody out of liking Billy Joel, I thought it was great. Kristen Wiig, do not miss. I will put this in show notes. You know, we shouldn't be promoting other people's podcasts. We've already given lots of homework to other people. Can we talk about this more next week? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Was it weird of me to bring in confidence and intuition? It was a little weird. <sighs> no, I think it was fine. You did fine. I'm going to think about this. It's pretty early here. The kid's all right. Yeah, sometimes. Other guys dancing with my girl. You want to button this up? Yes. Okay. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.